Welcome, everybody, to So What Now, episode 14. We have a very special guest today. Her name goes by the name of... Tell them! Tell them, Deshi! Hey, guys. <laughs> Hello. And we have the co-host here, Vic. What's Hi, up? my friends. Hi, amigos. Hi, family. <laughs> How we doing today, y'all? It's a gloomy day. It's a very gloomy day. day. <laughs> Yeah, it's been pretty hot. It's been pretty nice out here in New England. One fifteen on Saturday. Let's send it. It gets hot right when I leave. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, it really be like that. I'd be complaining about this cold, and the minute it gets hot. It does you dirty. I'm out. <laughs> You're out for two weeks. <laughs> for two weeks. <laughs> How's that PR weather, though? Have you been checking that out? great it's sunny it's hot i can't wait <laughs> oh see so you're fine you got the tropical weather and i heard there's waves so i'm pretty happy about that are you are you a surfer or i'm a yeah i'm a surfer slash boogie boarder mostly boogie but if i have a surfboard i'll surf did you um teach yourself how to do that or did you like go to classes for that no my dad is a surfer he like oh. he grew up surfing and I grew up with him and his buddy surfing. That's a move. That's a big move. <laughs> was he self-taught, Dashi? He was, yeah. Wow. Kind of like how people here just pick up skateboarding. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> he picked up surfboarding. I feel he... like that's so much harder, though, Dashi, right? Because you I... have the element of water, right? Yes. It gets a little slippery. <laughs> it gets a little, yes. <laughs> you, like, rely on the water, too do half the job and sometimes that job isn't pretty <laughs> so i have a question when you when you put like in movies i see when people are surfing they put like this thing on the surfboard what is that like they put like this thing like this wax the wa- it just keeps you on the board okay okay that's what so i it thought help, it helps you from like it does like it helps you from preventing slip-offs during surfing <laughs> so what so wait a minute so if you're like laying down on it and you're like kind of like paddling with it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you get like stuck? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, is it glue? Is it glue? A little bit of resistance versus if you had nothing, you'd be like kind of all over the place because you know sometimes it gets a little choppy out there and the waves hit hard. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. To be honest, I don't know. <laughs> um, as my athletic background, we tried longboarding once. I couldn't we do it. Did. I don't know why. I, I don't know else. why. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't do it. I think it's the whole balancing aspect, and it's just me falling. I, I guess mean, that's bigger. just, like, my fear. Do you remember that <laughs> yes. backflip you did, bro? I don't know how athletic you are, my man. <laughs> the backflip. The backflip. <laughs> <laughs> I can still hear that. Dun. Oh my when your god! Head hit the floor. <laughs> you know what's so sad about that video, Vic? That the girl said they got me. Yep. And then they just let me go. Like I was just like, I trusted you guys. You guys. They were the fell back. They yes. walked away. <laughs> yeah, they walked no, away they... when they dropped you. They were like, Oh, maybe we didn't have them. <laughs> it was so bad. Ah, <sighs> a little bit of divergence. I love it. This is what this is what oh. this podcast is about. If you guys have been listening, thank you again for our listeners, our constant listeners. We love you. Um, but does she tell 
tell the viewers who who don't know you where you're from, where you were born, and how you came to the states. I was born in um, Puerto Rico. I was um, raised in Aguada, and Rincon, but mostly Aguada. And I was raised there up until 2006 when I made the big move here to Massachusetts. It was a tough move. <laughs> I moved to Andover, which, if y'all are locals, is the widest town you can move to. <laughs> Salt and pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to say that. <laughs> I think I was one of the three Hispanics in the whole entire school. Wow. And it was it was tough. I had an accent. I got made fun of for a lot and I tried my very hardest to lose it. And it's I very did. different as opposed to what it is now. Um what was yes. that thirteen years ago, two thousand six. So yes. I mean um, there are a lot more Hispanics now than there were in two thousand six. When, when I made the move to Methuen it was mind-boggling to me. Like, I walked in, and I remember seeing so many different types of groups. You had the Hispanics. And um, I remember just feeling like, oh, my God, finally. <laughs> I'm home. So, wait, so in Andover, it was just primarily dominantly white, right? Yes. I remember it was Shirley. Shout out to Shirley. Um, <laughs> who was Dominican. And Burabel, who was also Dominican. And it was just us three, man. We were the three Hispanics in the school. You know what's so funny? Because Mike, the the episode with Mike, we talked about uh, the school system that we brought into. And me and Vic went through the Lawrence school uh, system. And it was, I kind of have the same exact comparison as you, Deshi, from when you moved to Andover to Methuen. It was different with me. I was so used to seeing Hispanics. And blacks and every day. As a, and then I moved to Methuen. I saw Asians. I saw whites. I saw yeah. like everything. I was just like, whoa, this is <laughs> wild. It was wild. And I remember asking my mom, I was like, I don't know who to be friends with. She was like, everyone. Every, you make friends with everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And you, I did. I yeah. With everyone. And I think one part cool. is that like we, we miss diversity. Like, I think we take diversity for granted. Sometimes, yeah. or I feel like I do. Sometimes I'm just like, yo, you've been getting so tired of just hanging around with white people sometimes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. I get that. You I you feel that. that? Like, for example, in college, we're the minority because you only you only see like a few Hispanics and like a few black people going to college because, you know, we're a statistic. You know, there's only what, 10% or hopefully it's higher than that. But like diversity is a mood. Like, you know how much it sucks when you don't have adobo and you can't cook with adobo? Like, I know. Oh, my God. Or you can't. Or or they don't listen to Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny, baby. The music. The music is the what music. gets me. Oh, my the God. Because 75% of what I listen to is Hispanic music. And it's like, if you can't get down with that, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I don't know what to listen to. And it's funny because that really what brings people together is a lot of music. And a lot of sharing interest of music is kind of what um, the basis, especially nowadays. Um, but you're kind of seeing um, the shift of Spanish music kind of hitting on a global state status it's now. It's hitting mainstream now. It's coming. Yeah. It's going to come back. And 
I'm here for it. I'm very much here for it. <laughs> yeah, because now you see Hispanic artists or even like on the other spectrum of like other mainstream artists. That's so like you see like, you know, you saw Drake do it with Bad Bunny. You saw Jonas Tory Lanez do it. Jonas yeah, Tory. Yeah, Jonas Brothers as well. Yeah, that was so um, weird. Ozuna with with Tory Lanez. Mm-hmm. Um, the new Ed Sheeran album. He has Camila Cabello on it. Yeah. Um, and I forget who else he has, but he has like a specific song on the new album where it's just someone's just singing, singing strictly in Spanish. I was like, whoa, this is cool. I don't know. I'm feeling a shift, and I like it. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Um, now you have a lot of his, um, a lot of artists coming now up here than we didn't used to. Like Bad Bunny's coming in October. I'm gonna see him. Um, yeah. You didn't see that a couple of, like ten years, ten years ago. You didn't see that shit. <laughs> no, it was so different. Just imagine our age, like what we are right now, like twenty one, twenty two, twenty three years old. Um. Living in the time of about like ten years ago, how weird that would have been. Would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> would have been great. Like if you're saying like if I was a little kid, but now I wouldn't lose my accent. To be honest, <laughs> you wouldn't lose your accent. <laughs> nah, I mean like screw everyone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty impressive that you lost your accent pretty quickly. I mean, well, it usually it takes, up, like, 20 years for people to lose their accent sometimes. Or I never. <laughs> or never, yeah, true. <laughs> I grew up in a bilingual school. I went to Cerro Gordo in Aguada. And that school made you speak Spanish half the time. Half the and time? Half the time, and the other half would be English. Oh, and I've been, I went to bilingual school since kindergarten. So I knew English and my parents talked to me in English, for example, if like, if I was asking something, I'd ask in Spanish and they'd be like, can you please ask for it in English? Cause they wanted me to have both languages. I just had a heavy accent when I moved here. I knew the language. I had a heavy accent. Oh, that makes sense. That makes and most a lot schools of sense. in Puerto Rico are like a lot of schools in Puerto Rico are bilingual schools. Really? And it was a public school, so it wasn't <clears> a private <throat> school. Oh wow. So mm-hmm. you know how people say, Hey, I'm gonna go study in Puerto Rico, like like in, in college. Are the textbooks mm-hmm. in English? Yes. Speaking oh, from wow. experience. <laughs> speaking from experience. The it, that it makes it a little confusing, um, when you're so used to having one language thrown at you. I went to college in Mayagüe. Shout out to La UPR de Mayagüe. Yeah. I went freshman year and for a semester. And that semester was really, really weird. The, um, text, um, the textbooks were in English, but the classes were all in Spanish. So every notes, the notes that the teacher would give you, everything was just in Spanish. But you had to study off of the textbook at the same time. What? <laughs> wow. I'm almost as equally that... as shocked as Vic right now. <laughs> Yo, you got that's some. Well, all right. Let's say something. I've learned that people who are bilingual are way smarter than people who only speak one language. That's true. So, yeah. just you even being able to process that type of education at such a young age 
made you so much smarter, which you can see now because you're wicked smart. But it's it's that's awesome. Wow. It was it was a challenge for sure. I knew Spanish. I could read and write it. But I was in the United States for so long in school that I it was a learning curve for sure. I remember sitting there just strictly making myself take Spanish notes. And I remember highlighting all the bits that I would misspell. Okay, I got to refresh. I got to refresh. And it helped a lot because when I moved back to the United States, my accent came back. And, like, people would be like, oh, so you just moved here from Puerto Rico. I'm like, no, I just ignored English for, like, a good four months. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. You know what else is crazy? Um what was it? It was two years. Was it two years? Almost two years now since Hurricane Maria has happened. That shit yes. in Puerto Rico. All right. So I remember seeing an article. I think it was the New York Times or some mainstream article posting setting. I forget. It might have been Washington Post or New York Times. And they sampled a small amount of people. I think it was like two thousand or three thousand people, and nearly fifty percent of them didn't even know Puerto Rico was a part of the United States. 100%. 100%. Now, now, do you think that's something that's wrong with the school system and not teaching it? Or just yes. people not knowing? <laughs> it's just a lot of factors. People are just so uh, ignorant about it. I remember um, Hurricane Maria happened in, what was it, 2017? Yeah. 20- and um, I... I think it was week three of not hearing anything from my family. And I was in biology at UMass Hole. I was in um, microbio. And I remember sitting in the back just refreshing, refreshing Facebook, seeing, like, because people were recording streets and from specific towns. So I was waiting for my grandmother's street to be posted so I could see if her house was still standing or not. And this guy kept on looking over my laptop and he kept on asking me questions like, oh, you're Puerto Rican and all that. And he was like, wait, Puerto Rico isn't a state, right? (laughs) And I was like, no, it's not a state. He goes, oh, so what are we? What are you? And I remember going, "Um, we're a Commonwealth territory. We're the oldest colony ever in the world right now. And I remember him going, what like he didn't even know (laughs) he didn't even know what i meant by oldest colony yeah and the next question that popped out of my mouth that popped out of his mouth really just threw me back of how much people just don't know yeah oh yeah but you guys have congress representation no (laughs) no we don't (laughs) i mean that just speaks to the ignorance that people have when it comes to to just like the spanish community because there's like a this taboo that trying to fit into something that isn't the normal American way is something that shouldn't be done. So people just like don't care to actually look into stuff. Yes. So I mean, it, why would they? They don't. Yeah. Yeah, but they they don't want to. But then they love to vacation over there. So it's like one hundred percent. So it's my like, God. are you kidding me? My it's like, home, how ignorant can you be? My hometown, Rincon, one of my hometowns, Rincon is 90% American right now because it's a surf town. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is crazy. And and I bet the people who live there might be poor, 
But then you have these wealthy people who just come in here with all their money. You see the just, shift. Yeah. It wasn't like this 10 years ago. Yeah. And exactly how it happened. They saw the economic decline. They saw that this was the prime time to buy real estate. And they did exactly that. I, um, I, I have stories of like my dad's friends where random Americans would just knock on their doors and be like, I will buy your house right here right now for X amount of money. Damn. Yeah. And who and wouldn't take that money? Exactly. And some people were like, yeah, let's like they took that money and they either moved out of the United States, uh, moved out of Puerto Rico to the United States. And it's it's not it's not uncommon. I mean, being gone, you see a lot of houses. A lot of those houses are just vacation homes. So not a lot of people live there full time. They just go. It's full during vacation um, waves. And then after that, it's not. And the problem with that is that when that happens, Puerto Ricans are losing part of their culture. And and once so. you lose something like that, you can't get it back. It's becoming very commercialized. There was a protest um, back in March for a um, chain hotel to be put up right in the middle of um, town. And I don't know if you guys have been to Puerto Rico or Dominican Republic. I'm sure it's very similar there, mm-hmm. too. Pueblos are very, very small little things. <laughs> very compact. Pueblos are just... If you put a gigantic hotel there, it ruins the whole vibe. You know, like the whole point of us being this little pueblo is us being this little pueblo. And all the Puerto all, all everyone who was local was against the hotel from getting up there. Yeah. And to kind of go off what you're saying, like in the Dominican Republic, you have the resorts. And one part mm-hmm. that I think is super annoying about the resorts is that they literally buy a piece of the beach. So it's yes, like, they how privatize can, the beach. They, I'm like, how can you buy a piece of, <laughs> of nature and call, it, and call it your resort so then the people who live in that country can't use the beach? Mm-hmm. Like, excuse you? They want to do that in some parts of Rincon. But people well, are they adamant don't. about it. Adamant. Because well, it's a certain I remember I signed a lot of petitions about it. It's a surfer town. You're definitely not going to take our coast away. <laughs> Keep it that way. Keep it that way. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not sure if you know about the protests that are going on, but I really don't know too much. Can you explain anything if you do know about what's going on yeah. in Puerto Rico? Yes. So the big... The tip of the iceberg that kind of just set this whole thing off was the private chats that I think it was like 900 pages long chats that were revealed within these um, cabinet members and the governor and what exactly they were saying about so many, uh, so many different issues. Now, it's not uncommon for people to know that it's that our government is very corrupted. This was the evidence that we needed. It was like, okay, we've been knowing, but at the same time, like we haven't had something smack, smack, like smack us across the face and just let us know that, yeah, it's happening. These chats were what set the whole thing on fire. These chats were, um, they had messages about, uh, for example, the reason Ricky Martin was there, they have very very um, LGBT, LGBT discrimination 
text messages making fun of this very homophobic language and very misogynistic language towards women in government and out of government, which is why the movement now is, is, if you notice, there's like the word puta is everywhere is because Mm -hmm. of that. Um, Because they just repeatedly kept on using that word. And um, they also talked about how they stole money from different types of funds and pocketed it. Specifically, the Hurricane Maria um, fund. Wow. And they, I don't, I, I put it up on my Instagram where they finished talking about how they, you know, they pocketed the money, they stole from the fund, and they said, and I'll translate this, cogemos de pendejo hasta los nuestros, which means that we take for fools even our own. And meanwhile, this is happening. This is not recent. This is during the hurricane. This is happening while 4,000, well, 4,645 people are dying. And they just don't care. Yeah. So this was the corruption that we've been known has been happening. It just needed, this was the fire under our asses that needed to start something. Yeah. That is unreal. Unreal, 100%. And to think that it's probably been happening for so long. So just long. in We've smaller ways. For decades. Um, yeah. So a little background on who Ricardo Rosello is. <laughs> Rosello, sorry. Is. He, he's part of, there's three parties in Puerto Rico. You have the Democratic, the Republican Party here. So over there, we have the PPD, the PNP, and the PIP, which... Ricardo Rosselló um, is part of the PNP, which means that he's pro-state. So he wants to make Puerto Rico a state. And um, which we've been on that wave for a bit. Um, the governor before him was his dad. And he was also, a lot of his cabinet members were arrested for fraud and um, money, money laundering and corruption. And we are just sick and tired of it. You know, the, the protests, 100,000 people came forward. 100,000 people, over 100,000 people came and protested the streets on a scale that has never before seen, been seen in the island. This has never been the case. And all we, we're asking for just him to step down. A lot of other members have. I think there's four left that have... Um, left to resign their positions and he just refuses to step down you know what that sounds like even though it's not as extreme as that um what the venezuelan dictator was doing so yeah like refusing to step down i mean that just comes with a lot of pride um because you know just being in that type of power you don't want to let it up um also another big thing with that man um it's just the immor- immorality of that is just through the roof um you can't even teach that that's just something that's you know acquired mm-hmm. over time but just being immoral is just probably the worst thing that's that's happening not even just in Puerto Rico just like in the world in general it's even happening mm-hmm. here in the states um just immoral 
people who are put in power. And it just makes situations worse than they should be. And that's what the protests were about, you know? They just this horrible, horrible behavior. And, you know, people... You see, like if you saw not a lot of media um, coverage on this. No, there's not. I haven't seen anything. Yeah, there's like, there's Nothing. like, shout out Bad Bunny. That's the only way I knew. Yeah, <laughs> Bad Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the we we it. laugh, but that's very sad. It's very sad. Yeah, you know, we're a territory. It's just the we're sad truth. We're and it's we the have sad zero truth. Zero coverage on what is happening, which is a huge part of why people are so ignorant because. No one's talking about it. Meanwhile, meanwhile, CNN and ABC News and CBC, CBS News is all focusing on, hey, Trump. look what I'm Trump just tweeted. I'm tired of seeing about Trump. I'm tired of seeing about Trump. Trump tweeted out. He was like, <laughs> we sent over like 92, what was it, billion, million dollars um, over to Puerto Rico more than ever before or something like that. Not true. I read an article saying that um, he sent 42 million and that Puerto Rico has only seen 13 percent of that oh so it's only wow. what it's only <laughs> four million am I right I think it was like 42 I can't remember if it was yeah I think it was million. but only 13 percent of that has been seen and on top of that our government's co- pocketing taking it all a lot of it <laughs> yeah because yeah. taxes so I would say I would just say Puerto Rico yeah. has maybe seen like 1% of that. Yeah, they probably seen. Probably. So 13% of 42 is 5 million. So they probably have only gotten mm-hmm. like 2.5 million. There's so much that was just went so wrong with the hurricane fund and the hurricane relief. We There's still like resources and goods like water, food, supplies that have been untouched. Rotten away. People have been sharing the satellite image over and over. Untouched. Because our government was so unorganized that it didn't distribute to the places that it needed to be distributed. Yeah. You know, if you think about that, how many less people would have died, you know, if this was done properly, if the supplies were given to those who were actually in need? Yeah. Damn, that's just so bad. And to think about the justice system too, they probably the people of Puerto Rico don't even trust the justice system at no, that point, no, right? No, do actually because the, they can easily because they can easily get bought off, 100%. right? One hundred percent. There's actually a video that came out yesterday because the noticias, the news in Puerto Rico, we were talking about how the protesters became violent. They started um, planting um, fireworks in the middle. Yeah. And that made the police throw tear gas. Yada, yada, yada. Um, they forget that, like, everyone has a phone nowadays, especially in Viejo, Viejo San Juan, where the protest was taken. A lot of people live up in these buildings, and they were recording everything. <laughs> yeah. The video shows the firecracker starting in the police side. <laughs> and it's fired That's so bad. Up. It fired straight up as of like like if it was thrown it wouldn't necessarily go straight up you know yeah and uh that video has been shared all over social media and bad bunny i know 
um, quoted it on Twitter and was like, Puercos. <laughs> like, you know, like, yep, that's the police. That's that's how it is down there. That's exactly how it is. Yeah. So what what would be, like, what would be the steps in even, like, fixing that? Other than him stepping down, like, what whole new government would be in place to actually just... I know that's so much in so much. debt yes. at, at that point. So, I mean, what do you even the do, thing, like, to keep the country the flowing? Thing, I meant the island the flowing. Thing with, um, <laughs> the thing with voting in Puerto Rico is that a lot of people just go for statehood or no. Like, I'm independent, so I'm going to vote for this guy. Or I'm pro-statehood, I'm going to vote for this guy. They really d- disregard all the other aspects about... How is it going to affect our island? And yeah, and it's not like over here in the United States where there's an electoral college. Like your vote counts, right over there? Oh well, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, every vote counts. Yeah, but I think it's just more education needs to be put out there. Um, you know, this wasn't news. No one, no one was surprised <laughs> when this these chats were leaked. <laughs> Everyone was like. Okay, yeah, we've been known. But everyone yeah. keeps on voting for this guy. Um, and it's just the ignorance and the education that needs, that it needs to be put out there. It needs to, we need to vote smart. And we need to kick these people out that at the end of the day don't have our best interests at heart. Why are you in government if you don't have our best interests in heart? When only their best interest is to pocket there. 100%, yeah. That 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 money they've been getting in. I don't know where we go from you, here. You see how you see how bad it is when you just take in your own interest for everything, as opposed to, especially you being in a person in power like that, just taking your own interest over like thousands. Like that's so bad. I don't know. I I can't quote this because I think I read it on Twitter, but I didn't read it from an article. But I think one of the quotes from the chat was someone quoted and said translated to from Spanish was what he said, which was the future is looking remarkable and bright and the future doesn't have Puerto Ricans existing anymore. Which just means that they want the island to become obsolete, a statehood, you know, become whitewashed, basically. Yeah, they literally wanted to become Which, Hawaii. Which, the sad huh? part about that is, now that this is happening, it gives the government a more motive to actually try to do that. Yeah. Again, if you vote for the right people, you know, um, my generation versus my mom and even my grandma's generation. My generation is very independista, which means they're very pro-PIP party for Puerto Rico to just become an independent state. Now, even if the whole island votes for that, that it needs to go through Congress. Obviously, the United States needs to let us go. That's a whole different discussion. I don't think they're going to let us go. <laughs> they make too much money off of us, and there's too much at stake with our island that they, w- they won't let us go. But there's a shift in the air, and you can definitely feel it in my generation. Everyone distrusts the government, the police. Everyone knows the history of how we got here, how the United States brought us here. And it's not whitewashed anymore versus my grandmother's generation that was like, you know what? It needed to happen. Let's just become a state. 
But Congress mm. can't overrule that and just like automatically make Puerto Rico a state if they wanted to. Like if someone put in, in enough money in Congress and was like, "Hey, I want Puerto Rico as a state." That you can need still the right happen. Votes. Yeah. You need yeah, right but but with money that can still happen though, right? Like if someone's trying yeah. to fund that in that negative way. That's it, interesting. That can still happen. The the big issue with that is that Puerto Rico is in debt. Billions. Yeah. And the United States doesn't want to take on that debt. You know? That's true. Is it because of that Jones Act, right? Jones Act is a whole different topic. Yeah. Jones Act was a big um, player in the hurricane. And the whole debt thing, too, right? Jones Act, basically, what it is, is an act that was implemented by the United States. It prohibits Puerto Rico from receiving goods and exporting goods. Um, from different countries besides the United States. Basically, the U.S. is the only country allowed in our borders. And because of that, a lot of the stuff that gets shipped over is taxed like crazy. And it's more it's expensive. It's a lot way more expensive. Um, when you go to Puerto Rico, a lot of people just stick to local businesses. Local business is thriving over there because everyone just doesn't buy shit that they don't need to buy. <laughs> Yeah, especially out in the city. Like, imagine just, like, buying, like, a gallon of milk. It's probably so much more expensive as opposed to, like, a local yes. business. And the, besides that, um, the, the Jones Act, I don't remember when it's implemented. I remember that it's in exchange for citizenship. So, they basically, oh. like, so we're going to so take over your goods. Puerto Rico had a sugarcane factory. My grandfather used to work in a sugarcane factory near where uh, my grandmother lives now. Um, they took over all of that. They said, we're going to take out everything. And they showed up basically, you know, they ha- it's the United States. Who's going to go against the United States? Yeah, that's right. We're going to take over everything and we are going to put our military bases here. We're going to have this and this here. Your people are going to be enlisted, drafted if need be. Um, in exchange for citizenship to the United States. And you can work there, too. They took, I remember the first time this was implemented, uh, my dad was telling me that a huge wave of Puerto Ricans were brought to factories in um, New York, which is why it's called, New York, um, they're called New York, New York Ricans, because they were there since that Jones Act was implemented and their ancestors were brought from the island to work on these factories. Mm. Not a lot of people get the Jones Act. I fully don't either. It played a huge. It played yeah. a huge role in the hurricane. Um, we didn't. Re- we couldn't receive relief from other countries that were right there, and yeah. that's why everyone was saying, saying, telling the president to lift the lift the act, lift the act, because you know Spain sent over relief. China sent over relief and they weren't allowed in our borders and our they weren't allowed in and they are their relief was never given to us and that's so sad how lo- how past laws can like be so wrongful in certain times that they can't just like uplift them mm-hmm. that's so sad because I'm pretty sure Puerto Rico sent out a lot of troops in like World War II I wouldn't even doubt oh, that. Yeah. They 
I don't know much about that, but I know, obviously, even now, we have a lot of Puerto Ricans in the military here. Exactly. And, you know, there are a lot of bases. I live around three bases in Puerto Rico. There's one in Aguadilla. There's one in Trincón. We don't know any of these. Like, no one's allowed in there. We just know that it's there. <laughs> it's like Area 51. Basically, Get those aliens out. <laughs> we know that's just there. We can't access it. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to take that day off so I can go run into Area 51. <laughs> you got Naruto. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, shit. Deshi, do you have HBO? I do. You do? Okay. So, me and Maria saw this fascinating documentary. Um, it was based in Mass, actually. And it's the whole uh, situation of the girlfriend convincing the boyfriend to commit suicide. Oh, yeah. Through texting. And the documentary already came out on that, because that happened in 2014. And... No, it, that, like, the... The death of, I'm confirming with Maria here. The 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 death happened in 2014, but I don't think the indictment happened until 2017. And went to prison this February. Um, so I don't know. Me and Vic were having a discussion about that the other day. Oh man, it's wild how laws work, does she? Um, but. Should you be charged with manslaughter, involuntary oh, manslaughter? Here or comes homicide, the question. Convert, here comes the question. If you if you can convince oh, someone shit. to co- to to commit suicide over the phone or through texting, is that your fault? It's not involuntary. That's what they called it, though. That's what the the. The, the law, the end of the, uh, the verdict like was. That's what the verdict was. It was, it was involuntary manslaughter. That's what, that's what they considered it. Because you weren't the actual person to actually perpetrate, like, to actually do okay, it. Yeah. You know, like manslaughter, it's like, ma- like running someone over yeah. or like or self-defense manslaughter or like, you know, but this one's called involuntary manslaughter, which is funny because me and Vic were talking about this and uh, there's no law in Massachusetts in place that actually says if you encourage someone to commit suicide, you get in trouble for it. But the judge went out of his way and called it a involuntary manslaughter. You have to watch the documentary. I, I have to explain it through Lainan's turns. Well, there's a three-part verdict. I can't explain all of that without them, you know, understanding it. Yeah, but that's why they call it involuntary. Because you're not physically killing someone. Okay, yeah. But yeah, because you're... you're not physically killing. Okay, someone. but you're also taking advantage of someone who's emotionally <laughs> unstable and know you know what they're capable of doing, and you're just pushing them to that extreme. So she didn't get charged for texting him that to kill yourself. She got charged with telling him to go back into the wrongful conditions. That's what she was really charged for. It was a three-part oh, verdict. Yeah, because wasn't she? You have like, to really watch. Wasn't he you like have to changing watch his mind? He was like changing his mind. He was like, "No, do it." And she was like, "No, you gotta do it." Yeah, actually, she she actually messed herself up because there's no phone record or texting record saying that the the boyfriend should go back into the car and kill himself. 
It wasn't until two months later that she texted a friend saying, I could have prevented it. I told him to get back into the car. And that's how she shot herself in the foot. But even so, it's tough to find someone guilty. I mean, it's tough because I have my own views on it. But it's so hard to mix technology and mental health and bundle that up into one thing and trying to mix law into that too. It's just like such a, a clusterfuck that like there's no there's no <laughs> set way to it, it really, really is because there's no there's no it's right like religion answer. Religion and law. Yeah. It's like there's no there's right some answer. things that don't mix. There's really and not. none of these three things mix. And and I I think if this happens again, there's just no way that someone can regulate this or like rule have a ruling on what this should be because. There's it's just, just so many outcomes that can happen. There's no way to regulate. Too it. many variables that that yeah. cause this because uh, it's just it's so tough. It's so tough. There's too many variables that need to go wrong, or need to go right, or it could be a mixture. They can go three mm-hmm. ways, and you still won't able to find a verdict. In my opinion, I think that judge just went with his moral code, didn't even go by law, and you know. Uh, that is so hard to determine. When I, when we were watching that documentary, I was just shocked the entire time that this actually even happened. Now, I do want to say, if we do have any of our listeners who is going through a hard time in your life or needs someone to talk to, please feel free to talk to or send me a Christian a DM. Please feel free. At Vila Post, Christian Vega 1, we're here for you. But just wanted to let that put put that out there. Yeah, mental health is a real serious thing, man. It is, and I mean, we're at a point in in our society where people are starting to more openly speak about it. But it's sure. we're still not perfect, and we still no. have a long way to go. So, especially culturally wise, like mm-hmm. depends on the culture, like. I know that in Hispanic yeah, households, Hispan- like, yeah, exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> the Hispanic household, they'd be like, "Eso es mental." Yeah, no, it, is, it is though. It is. It is, it is though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It's mental, but like, it's you can't just say that to a kid who's going through a rough time. You know what yeah. I mean? You there's ways of communicating and saying your words a little better towards the oh, little kid. No, I remember. But if you have that. That old Hispanic thought of like, ah, you'll get over it. it. (laughs) I remember complaining to my mom about my anxiety when I was young. And her going, ay, quítate de mierda. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm over here like, okay. (laughs) Uh, But then I guess you're not on my side. (laughs) But then you still feel like shit. And then you're like, wow, she was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, but you can't really talk about it, you know. Um, yeah. It'd be like that. I feel like it's a little. It's becoming a little more accepting in the Hispanic community. Oh yeah, um, my mom has become more accepting. She may not fully grasp it or understand it, but she gets where I'm. She's trying to understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, it's like Hispanics can't be depressed or they can't have anxiety. You know what I mean? It's like it's, it's impossible. They can't even be bored. <laughs> You can't even like <laughs> you can't even be bored without your mom being like, limpiar, or something. Oh man. Or like go outside. Do something when you're like that really, really made me laugh. That it was like 
in a Hispanic household, if you laugh while you're sick, you're no longer sick. (laughs) 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 I I can't tell you how many times I, like, remember just holding back a smile or a laugh because I didn't didn't want my parents to just downgrade my sickness just because I smirked a little bit. (laughs) Oh man, you literally have to be like on your deathbed or something <laughs> for them not to like seriously think that like a smile is gonna degrade. Your sickness. Of you to assume I didn't act like I was on my deathbed. I asked like I was on my deathbed. <laughs> so bad. Hi man. Especially um, let's say like you like hurt yourself, like you fall off your bike when like you're five or six years old. Okay, I forgot to translate. Like, see, see, that's what happens when you fuck around. Basically, that's what she would tell me. <laughs> that's basically what it is. Or she would be like, get bueno, get the basa. <laughs> Damn. It's so crazy. Like, when we go and rebel and then the Hispanic parents are right <laughs> they rub it in like no one other oh my goodness it's like they want to be right so bad and as soon as they're like right they rub it in so and hard they look on the worst moments too like you know they're right you come over there and you ask for their consultation and you know for a shoulder yep. to cry yep. on and they'll give you that shoulder and all of a sudden they'll be like viste <laughs> <laughs> you this see, is this is what happens when you, you don't listen. <laughs> this is the last thing I need to hear right now. Yeah, seriously. They can mix in a positive with a negative in two seconds. <laughs> but and make you feel like poop. Yes. Wouldn't trade it for the world though. Love my upbringing. I know, seriously. Love my upbringing. At least we get cultured food other than, like, you know, when you moved over to Mass, you got the salt and pepper only. Dude. Dude. I remember my first sleepover was with a girl in Andover. And I remember in the morning, she gave us a sandwich. And when I used to order sandwiches from, like, La Panaderia or, like, even just... I, it, I know it's called paninis here, but I had my sandwiches warm. Never did I have a cold sandwich until I moved to USC. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Yo, shorty, up, I and never had a like, cold <laughs> You know how fact that is, though? You know how fact that is? It is so true. It is Wait, so sorry, true, Wait, sorry. Keep though. going. That was just hilarious. I, <laughs> I woke up. And then she was like, my mommy sandwiches. And I, from Oboba, was like, oh, so excited <laughs> to eat a sandwich. I looked at that, like, one slice of depressing, not even yellow, American cheese. Like, it was like a faded yellow with, like, one slice of circular ham that just was not good. And two untoasted bread. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I can't. After that, I, I didn't sleep over for a while. Like, I remember being like, if I'm going to sleep over, I'll just leave really early <laughs> and eat at home. Uh, that way I won't have to experience this terrible, terrible thing again. <laughs> Eggs? Oh, my God. Dude, 
scrambled eggs? Oh my god. American scrambled eggs? Not good. (laughs) (laughs) That was just horrible. (laughs) It's so sad when we don't experience something out of our own household. Now when they sleep over, oh my god, I love introducing them to all this stuff. Yeah, it's probably the best thing ever. I love introducing, and I'll like teach them. I'm not annoying as grandmother. That's like, mira, mira, and then and you put a splash of aloe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't use ketchup over here, okay? No. You're like, okay, what? Samantha, we don't use that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Karen, Karen, put the ketchup bottle down. <laughs> not in this household. Sally, 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 not over there. <laughs> not in my food. Oh, Patricia, God, it's so bad Patricia, to be, it's so bad to be mocking. It's so bad to be mocking, <laughs> but it's so true. It's so true. Oh my God! Uh, I mean, to each their own. I this reminds me own. of like the memes of where they're putting like salt on the chicken, but then they don't even put the salt on it, and then they start to cook the chicken. Oh my God! Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Meanwhile, we'd be leaving that chicken in the refrigerator seasoning for like three days. Oh my god! Sure some flavor. I can't. Too much. Oh my god. <laughs> well, we hope that Puerto Rico finds a solution soon. You know, I don't know where it's gonna go from here, but it's. I know it sucks, but it's also very inspiring to see everything going down. Cause... To no, start really somewhere. We gotta start somewhere. It had to happen at some time. And, you know, it's happening with our generation that's very rebellious and very independent. And, you know, we're not here to fuck around. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we're not here to fuck yeah. around. I'll definitely be uploading. You guys follow me on Instagram. I will be uploading because I'm going to San Juan. And oh, nice. I heard that it's all the vandalismo is still there, like all the graffitis that they put all over the town. I really wow. want to see the aftermath of it all. So if I manage to go there tomorrow night, I'm going to be uploading it's all gonna that. It's going to be wild. Stay safe out there. For sure, for sure. Um, I'm not going to stay for too long because I have to drive two hours back to where I'm actually staying. Mm-hmm. Not going to San Juan yeah. at all because... There's actually another protest on Monday, but it's like a, I might have read this wrong, but it's like a drive, like a driving quote unquote protest where everyone just stops driving at nine and gets out of their car. <laughs> wow. It's, but, and it's mostly in San Juan. So, you know, like near the governor's building yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. The governor's mansion. Huh? Mm-hmm. Well, let's hope he resigns soon. That way we can, you know, start off something fresh. Ricky, vete ya. Yeah, seriously. Ricky, vete pa'l carajo ya. Sorry. <laughs> Translation, Ricky, go to hell. The most Puerto Rican thing you can say. Yeah. Well, Dashi, thank you. This won't be the last time you'll be on the podcast. You know. Yeah. You know the vibes. The vibes. We'll try to we'll try to mix and match with people, you know. We had Alex and David last week. We'll try to get David and Deshi one week or something like David. that. Or, you know, 
me on with David. Put me on with my only, like, my other body brother, please. I only have you and David. Hey, I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> Vic is actually part Puerto Rican. Oh, my yeah. Grandma, my grandma <laughs> grew up in Puerto Rico. Yo, Deshi, you should have... <laughs> You should have seen Vic's reaction when he found out. Really? <laughs> He's like, why did it take y'all so long to tell me? <laughs> Vic, how you're living a Dominican life not knowing that he has a little tattoo on him? Facts. <laughs> oh, my gosh. A nice little half and half. <laughs> he was like, that explains why I'm so light-skinned. <laughs> so true. It's true, though. No, yeah. My mom's good. dark. I'm like, but my dad's white. My dad looks Puerto Rican for sure. My dad does yeah. not look Dominican. I don't look Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look Puerto Rican oh at my all. God. Hey, it comes with the nature, huh? It comes with the Spaniard. Heritage. With the culture. <laughs> it would be like that, you know? Oh man! Well, Deshi, safe travels. Thank you. We Enjoy. Hope, we hope you experience Puerto Rico like none other. Okay. I mean, we'll probably have some good weather out here. You know, it's a hundred degrees on Saturday, hundred <laughs> degrees on Sunday. Enjoy. So I mean, like, enjoy the sizzling weather, guys. We'll we'll enjoy the sizzling human weather. You'll enjoy the you know the sizzling tropical weather. Hundred percent. Way preferable. I'll be you know? tanning and living my life. It's gonna be great. Your best life. Yeah. My best life. <laughs> Thank you guys to whoever's listening me. to this episode. Yes, Thank you, Dashi. Vic, peace, peace out. out. Bad bunny, baby. Bad bunny, baby. <laughs> <laughs>